vacation. Uh, some on a senior trip, some doing guard this weekend, but y'all continue to, to pray for them. And uh, it's been an honor for me to, to be here with you the last couple of weeks and all. I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about where are you living? Where are you living? What, what Are you living up to the kingdom standard? The world standard? The job standard? What are you basing your life on? Go to John chapter 10. Y'all didn't give me as much time this week as y'all did last week. I talked to Brother Kurt McCullough last night. Many of y'all remember Brother Kurt. And he said that every time I was going to teach y'all, we should put an announcement on the screen that everybody bring a sack lunch. I told him I wasn't near as long-winded now as I was back then. <laughs> you spend some time in the prison like I do, you just have to be ready. I mean, security's first. You may get 30 minutes, you may get an hour, you may get 20 minutes. It just, you just have to be, and Johnny Frank was saying, you know, we're going to kind of cramp it. I said, you're not going to cramp me because I've been 10 minutes, I've been an hour and a half. It just depends on, on what those CEOs give you out there. Isn't there? But anyway, let's go to John chapter 10. And we'll start here in verse 9. It's Jesus speaking, he said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now I want you to look at that word saved there. That is the Greek word sozo. And you will see that word all through the New Testament, and you will see another word called salvation, or in the Greek, soteria. We're all familiar with that, and every time we see saved in the Bible, we think getting to heaven, which is the most important part of getting saved. I'm not trying to diminish that at all. But once we get saved, we still got to live this life here. And God has a plan for us living this life here. That word saved or sozo means redemption, soundness, preservation, healing, all that it encompasses. Every, he saved us from everything it takes to live a complete life here in this world. See, And then he says... Something very interesting here. He says, If I am the door, by me if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and he shall come in and out and find pasture. And I had never really studied that out. The Greek word is know me, but what it means, check this out. He shall find the needful supplies to live the true life. You'll be saved and you'll go in and out. God will provide the needful supplies. Now that's different in, in everybody's life. Let's read on. It said, verse 10, The thief cometh not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So the devil is after stealing, killing, killing and destroying that supply that he's talking about in verse 9. But Jesus said this, I am come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. Now I want to focus on that word life. We're going to be here and we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 4 in just a minute. That word life, all of y'all know the word zoe, that's what it is. It means the God kind of life or life 
like God would have us live. And so when we take inventory of our life, I call it the standard. You know, in my house, I, I got three kids, and you can talk to any of them. We just don't never, we just never had rules in our house. We didn't have curfews, we didn't have, but we had a standard. They knew what that standard was, and if you live up to the standard, then you don't need the rules because they'll automatically do what's right and do what they're supposed to do. See? Right? And that's what he's saying, he's saying here. He said, I am come that they may have life and they may have it more abundantly. That God, what is the God kind of life? The God kind of life is for us to be able to live life on our terms, not the world's terms, not the devil's terms, but our terms. God has provided a way for every issue and every need we could ever come across in life. And I've been a little foundation here because we're going to really get in Hebrews here in a second. But I want to show you this. Verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Now Jesus said here, I gave my life. I died to give you this God kind of life that we're going to talk about this morning. I paid the ransom for you. And that's really the, we're going to talk about heaven and hell. That's really what going to hell is about. When Adam sinned, it required devil become, the devil, Satan, become God of this world. And it required that every person born in this world must die and go to hell. That was the requirement after Adam failed. Jesus came and was the ransom or paid the price for me and you for us not to have to go to hell. But if you choose not to use that ransom, then you have to go to hell and pay the price for your own sin. That's basically the bottom line. You know, it's like you having $10,000 in the bank and you got four flat tires on your car. You have it available, help available, but we don't use it. And that's what our job as Christians are, is to show this world that this help is available, that this help is there for them so they can live a better life. But we're also saved when it comes to the issues of life. And that's what we want to talk about. He, there's many issues in life, but this word saved, go to Hebrews chapter 4 while I'm setting this foundation is to cover us in all these issues of life I want you to find it in your Bible I, I, just, I just like people to use I know we got it on the screen but I like people to see it in black and white as you can see I write all I wrote so much in my Bible that I had to have notepads on the side to, to, to make more notes this is, my, this is my study guide this is my law book as I, we talk about on Sunday morning because the hardest thing for a Christian to do when they get saved, they spend their whole Christian life battling with this one thing. Can God lie? You say, well, I never think God could lie. But when we choose to believe more in the problem than we do in what God said, then that's really what we're saying. That's the whole battle. Will God really do for me what he said in this word? Can that really happen? I know he can do it. But can he do it for me? That's two different, two different things. 
in there. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Let us fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, and any of you should come short of it. Or let us be, fear word means alarm. Let us be alarmed. Let us pay attention, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. Now that word rest is a very interesting word. Because it means to make quiet, and I like this part, to be at rest even when under immense pressure. To have that peace. That's what he's saying. These promises that we're facing to talk about will give us that peace when we're under great pressure. And life puts great pressure at different times in our life. We're under great pressure. Our mind might be going crazy, but we can have peace here because we believe what God said more than we believe what the circumstances say. See, we don't walk when, when, when circumstances, you know, circumstances are talking to us. They talk to us. All, you know, Jesus in the fig tree. If you read that, what does it say? It said Jesus walked up to the fig tree and says, and Jesus answered. He answered. He answered the circumstance. The tree, fig tree presented a circumstance. If you ain't getting nothing to eat today, buddy. See, it, that circumstance talked to us. And if you listen to yourself, you talk back to circumstances. You talk back to things all the time. We mumble under our breath. We have those conversations in our head all the time. See? But our head can be going crazy with the emergency that got dropped on us. But we don't move by what we see. We move by what we believe. And that belief in God, that God is my God will bring that peace. And that's what he's talking about. That peace under immense pressure when the whole world is caving in on you, seems like you can be at peace and know, I just got to put one foot in front of the other. One, just one foot in front of the other and just keep, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. But it also means a soul rest. S-O-U-L. A soul rest. Where is the fight at? Every day with yourself. That's where we fight. This is what we fight. Those contrary thoughts to what the Bible says. And we don't have time to get into it this morning, but uh, we, we studied in times past. It's called the sin principle that causes us to think this way because of what Adam did. But that mind is part of our three-part person. Y'all know this. Pastors preached it many times. We are a spirit. We have a soul. We live in a body. But most times when we get saved, we still let this fleshly man dictate and stay stronger than our spirit man. And as long as the fleshly man is stronger than the spirit man, we're going to keep making those same mistakes over and over again. And our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's where it's at. And that's where the fight is. See, the soul, we can only separate it from the spirit just to talk about it because it's ever connected. But our soul is fed by what? What we see, what we hear, what we say. What we see, what we hear, what we say puts limitations on what we believe 
is possible. Those impossibilities are in our life because of the information we've fed into it. See, we through experience, through what other people have done, what people have said, what we have saw, what we have heard, all those world that worldly trash, as you would as you would say, comes in. See, our, our, our soul is like a vacuum cleaner. It sucks up everything that it's exposed to. See? And you ladies, I vacuum some too, by the way. <laughs> Sometimes I see it. I didn't say every time. But what happens when that vacuum cleaner gets full? It starts spitting that dirt back out. Right? When our soul gets overwhelmed with all this worldly junk, what we listen to, what we see, what we hear, what we watch on TV, what we talk about at work, then we open our mouth and we go to talking what? That trash comes right back out. When the problem hits, we say things like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to handle this. I don't know what's going to become of this. That's your, your vacuum cleaner's full. It's spitting that dirt back out. And it decides those possibilities based on that information instead of this information. The Bible says that there is no thing. I don't like to say nothing. You take, it separates nothing from no, it makes no thing, right? With God, no thing is impossible. Man sees it as impossible, but no thing with God is impossible. That's the information we have to redo it. Me and Angie, for the last couple of years, we've been working with, with, with this couple. Um, she has stage four cancer. And she wants to live. I mean, they, they gave her six months. We're we well into the second year now um, of it. And, and they they trying to believe. They're they trying to hold on. And right after they got the diagnosis, you know, and this goes back to, I, I, I wanted to say this in Sunday school. I said no, because it's, 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 it's part of the, the message here this morning. I run up with the husband's sister. And I don't say anything, because I mean, it, I did, the guy didn't tell me to or not to say anything about it, so I just don't never, when people talk to me, I just don't say things about stuff, because ain't none of nobody's business. You know, they told me, and I, anyway, she's going to run up to me. Did, did he tell you? I don't know what he's thinking. She just said, Ray, I don't know what he's thinking. They told her stage four cancer, but something he thinks she's going to live. I told him he just got to get a dose of reality. That this is, this is terminal. This is over. He needs to get out of this la-la land and quit thinking that this can change. Now, she's talking to me like this, and I'm thinking, Rick, how she talked to them too? Huh? But what happened? Her vacuum cleaner is so full of junk that when she got to their report, Bam, it put a limitation on her, and there's no way she could see beyond the death sentence. It capped her life, and it capped her thoughts based on the information that she had put in. And that's what caps our lives. The information that we put in over these years, when we hear A word, D word from doctor, lawyer, friend, the unexpected bill, the first thing we do is close ourselves in with this is all that's possible to me here. 
Anything beyond this is impossible. Anything beyond what I can see in my checkbook to pay these bills is impossible. But no thing is impossible with God. We got to change the information to get something else. Until we change that information, we don't get anything else. And we just kind of like that. You ever, you ever rode down the road and you seen a cow or a horse with a neck stuck through the fence? Hmm? Yeah. The grass ain't too good where they at. They stick in the neck through. They can taste that it. it's a little better over there. But they can't figure out how to get over there. That's how we are in this Christian. We, 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 we can taste that it. it's a little better. But we don't know how to get over there. We don't know how to get to that next step to get out of this. Because you notice, if you notice, life is just a, the, 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 a list of the same reoccurring issues. Just a cycle. And we know there's better, but we don't know how to get over there. So he's, what he's saying here in Hebrews is that they are these problems. Go to um, 2 Peter. Chapter 2. We hold the place of Hebrews. We're coming right back. Second Peter, just a few pages toward Revelation. Second Peter, chapter one. We all there? I see some pages turning. We're not in a hurry. It says, verse two: Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. According as his divine power have given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. That word life is that same Zoe word that we just seen Jesus talk about in there. He said he has given us all things that pertain to the God kind of life and godliness through the knowledge of him that have caused us to glory and virtue. Whereby. We are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these great exceeding promises we might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption or the destruction and the perils that are in this world through lust. So what's he saying here? That Jesus died and gave us these exceeding great and precious promises so we could escape the problems, the situations that we encounter in life. But most of us spend more time with the problem than we do with the word. And therefore it paints us into that corner that we don't know how we're going to get out. And when, remember, you are the captain of your own life. What you say, you will have. That's it. That's, that's just the bottom line of Christianity. Our words are spiritual containers. They go out and cause those things we say to come to pass in our life. And our spirit is designed to put us in those places. And most of the time we're talking, we really don't mean what we're saying, but in the spiritual world, it don't know the difference. It thinks that's what you want. So it tries to prepare the way for you. So most of the time we sabotage our own lives by saying, man, that's the stupidest thing I've ever done. I, I'm just crazy, ain't I? Hmm? 
see ourselves. Until we change that, we're never going to see what we really need to happen in our life as a possibility. Because when we can see it as a possibility, then we start seeing it happening. So you need to be able to see yourself with it instead of yourself without it. So we're on the without side. When we get that unexpected bill, what do we see? We see ourselves without. See? We need to be able to see ourselves with it instead of without it. And that begins to paint a different picture. And if you ever work with people, you know this. The key thing to helping people is ever get them to say, I can. It changes the whole outlook. You know, as long as they say in their can't, they ain't really much. You can, you can try and try and try and try. But until they decide they, they got some want to, some doggone it about them, then it's hard to help them. But once you can get them to, hey, this can happen to me. This can really happen to me. This, this, this can work out. Then it changes their whole perspective on life. And then instead of seeing themselves without, they begin to see themselves with. And that is the determining factor of, of how it is. Because whatever you believe you can obtain is what you attach your faith to. See? And when you believe you can't, that's just faith in reverse. But you've attached your faith to it. See? And your faith is a servant. It goes out and brings in whatever you require it to bring in, good or bad. See? We just want to see everything on the good side. But it works good or bad. We've got to change our level of vision. See? where we can see higher than what we see now, that we can obtain more. Why? Because the best testimony you got is, see, everybody wants a testimony, but they don't want to test. <laughs> the Bible says we will have tribulation. You're going to have problems, but your attitude about those problems changes everything. See, are you going to be one of them that mope and groan and whine and complain and all that all the time? Want to tell everybody about how bad your life is? I got a newsflash for you. Your life ain't going to get no better. They're just going to get tired of hearing it and they're going to walk the other side of the street. That's the truth. You know who it is when you see them. You know who it is. Y'all all laugh, but y'all, everybody got one of them, right? Everybody got one of them. Huh? We know who they are. But is that you? Or is that me? That's the whole flip side. Are you going to the other side of the street or are they going to the other side of the street? So he's saying here that the key to, to get into this God kind of, go back to Hebrews while I'm talking. Get into this God kind of life is these exceeding great and precious promises. Now I have lost Hebrews in my Bible. There it is. Verse 2 in Hebrews chapter 4. We're talking about this rest under great pressure. When there's great pressure on you, having this peace that God's got it, that God can handle it, that God can do it. It says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well as to them. The word preached did not profit them, or didn't benefit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. He's saying that the, the word didn't profit the, the them because they didn't believe it could happen to them. So we have to say that about ourselves. The word can't profit me if I don't believe it can happen to me. If I don't believe this word is true. Now I believe, like we said before, is a difference in mental assent and faith. I believe God meant everything he said in this word. 
I believe God can do everything he said in this world. See, that's mental ascent. The question is, will he do it for me? That's the change, see. But God says he's no respecter of persons, so we have to learn what it takes for God to do this for us. He said the works were already finished. He's already done the works. We just got to believe in the works. I'll tell you another scripture that people have misaligned. It says, these signs shall follow them that believe. You ever know that verse? They shall take up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing. So we think, well, if I'm saved, that applies to me. That's not what it says. It says those that believe these signs will follow them. Not as a believer. I got to believe if I drink any deadly thing, it won't harm me. I got to believe if I get around that serpent, he won't bite me. I got to believe those signs will follow me. They're not automatic signs for the believer. I have to have faith that those things will happen to me, for me, and around me. Okay. You with me? Alright. Verse 3. For we which have believed do enter into rest. This rest, this peace of mind, this peace in our inside under great when great pressures go. That's what he's talking about here. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. God finished everything that ever pertained to us in those seven days. And then he did what? Rest. The Bible says, if you, if you interpret those words, and I like the brother, he, I like to study the Greek and the Hebrew. He, he brought that, that Greek up, you know, it says that God rested in soul and spirit. See, we can rest in the spirit, but this thing up here. I hear people say this all the time. I sleep good till I wake up in the night and then I can't go back to sleep. Why can't you go back to sleep? Zoop, 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 zoop. Huh? Hmm? But the Bible says it's vain, Psalms 127, to rise up early, go to bed late, feeding on the bed of sorrows, he gives his beloved sleep. I'm his beloved. You his beloved. Yes, I walk around time. I, I, I get up going to the bed. I start my faith. I'm sound asleep. I'm sound. I sleep like a baby. I ain't even going to turn over tonight. Huh? See, instead of what? I don't know why I'm going to bed. I can't go to sleep. So what do you do? You go to bed, you don't go to sleep. Huh? It takes practice, but, but I have learned this. You can make your mind not think nothing. It takes practice. Just don't think nothing and you'll go to sleep. When you wake up and you got to go to the restroom at night, don't think nothing. Except how to get there and not fall down. You need to think that. <laughs> think a little bit. But that ain't, the thinking that, that ain't the thinking that keeps us awake. It's what's going on in our life, what's going to happen tomorrow. That's what keeps us awake from going back to sleep, see. Because as soon as we become conscious, what does your mind go? Boom. Boom. Right to it. Right to it. Giving more of that trash. Getting, filling up that vacuum cleaner bag. Just whoop, whoop, whoop. All the time. All right, y'all with me? All right. Back to verse 3. It says, For we which have believed do enter into rest. 
as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. That word works in the Greek means toiling. He's saying here, God did all the toiling that needed to be done. That ain't our job. Our job is not toiling. Our job is believing. We're toiling under these pressures. We're toiling under these problems. We're toiling under these bills. We're toiling under that doctor's report. And we were not told to do that. We were told to what? And I ain't got time to get this morning. You write this down. 2 Peter chapter 5, start verse 6 through 10, says what? Casting all your care upon him because he cares for you. He's your caretaker. After you suffered a while, he'll make you perfect, strength, and establish You need to read that. Because the fight is keeping the care on God. What does that mean? God, I rolled the care of this problem over on you. That means I'm not going to think about it no more. He is the care. He's my caretaker. He's your caretaker. See? And it may take you doing it a thousand times to start with. And thought comes back, nope, I'm not taking that. I rolled that. Because what we do, we'll pray to God. We'll pray that prayer. As soon as we get up, boom, we start thinking about it again. We took it right back from him. Hmm? We give it to him, we take it back. We give it to him, we take it back. But every time you take it back, you got to give it back and say, oh, I'm sorry, Lord, I repent. That's not my thought. That's not my concern. My concern is whatever promise, this exceeding great and precious promise. So we got to find those promises. That's my concern. The more I look at this and the less I look at that, the more I believe in this and the less I believe in that. See? Because faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the more I hear, the more I hear. Then I begin to say, hey, it's going to be all right. This is going to work out. I'm going to come out of this thing. This thing's not going to take me down. See, then faith is building, building, building. See, then the angels go to work. Then the Holy Spirit go to work. And the next thing you know, you're out of it and you don't even know why or how. Our problem is we want to figure out how we can't. God can't help me till I can understand how he's going to help me. That's our thoughts. If we got money problems, we believe God can help us, but then we got to figure out what I, how he's going to help us. If he can't help me this way, then it ain't a possibility to me. Like I said the other week, God got a million ways to get your bills paid, but you don't need but one of them. But we think it's got to come in that form or that possibility because that's all we can see in our mind. And if he does it, it has to come this way. Who would have ever thought to go fishing to get your bills paid? That ever been anybody's thought? Well, I got to pay my bill. I'm going to go fishing this morning. Huh? You would have never thought that way, right? So quit trying to figure out. It's not our job. Figuring it out is that toiling he's talking about. How can it be? How can it work out? And then we're trying to help God. What does that mean? You're trying to meet your own needs without God. I'm going, I could figure that, you know, I, I, I. So when you, I, 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 then there's no God, God, God. It's you trying to do it yourself without God. See? Got to get out of the eyes and get into what he said. See? And then we'll see a big difference. So we have to stop the toiling because he said that the works... That he supplied all your needs according to his riches in glory. When? Not when you read it. See, he forgave you of your sins 
or the, 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 the weight of give your sin ever before you ever born. As well as he did all these other things before. All these things are available to us and to all mankind. Jesus only can die one time on the cross. And he made it available for everybody for eternity. See? But we have to spend more time believing what he said and less time believing what the circumstances said. Because they're talking to you. And they'll do your best to talk you right out of your victory, right out of your deliverance, right out of your, out of your help. Right, let's read on. Verse 4. For he spake in a certain place of the Sabbath day and on this wise, and God did rest on the seventh day from his works. And in this place again, if you shall enter into my rest, this rest he's talking about, under great pressure, sin therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of what? Unbelief. We can't enter into this rest in unbelief. What, what's the unbelief? That it could happen to me. That this good thing could happen. Oh, Rob should say what? Something good's going to happen to you today. People thought it was crazy. But he knew what he was talking about. See? We're going to enter into that rest when we change that, our perception of how we see things. The only way to change our perception of how we see things is change what we putting in our eyes, our ears, and our mouth. You change the input, you'll change the output. Yes. Right? Yes. Huh? Go with me so far. Hmm? A little hard, but it'll be all right. Uh, I want to jump down to, to verse 9. I'm close right here. It says, therefore, there, therefore remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that entered into his rest, he also ceased from his own works as God did for his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man <clears throat> fall after the same example of unbelief. There's the labor. There's the labor. This is the labor that a Christian labors. This is the suffering of a Christian is to get your mind off the problem and get it on God. And we, we, we've been thinking and taught that God does bad things to us to teach us things. It says here that the thief comes to do that, not God. Now, he can take that situation and make good out of it. But our labor is to believe the promise over the problem. That's the labor of the Christian. And when we start doing that, and we'll start seeing things change in our life. I know years ago, me and Angie started this, we, some 20-something years ago, when I changed occupations, we had a really hard time paying our bills. Some months we couldn't pay our bills. So really what we talked about all the time. My favorite saying, man, I got more month than I got money. Well, guess what I had? One month and I had money. Then I began to get on these precepts and concepts that we're talking about this morning. We got a certain place in our house that we put our bills. Every day. We don't do it at the same time because we got different schedules. I walk by them bills every day. And I say, thank you, Lord. Every bill is paid in full on time because we was back yonder. 
and we have money left over to give in the kingdom of God. We ask for that every day, every day, every day. So the struggle is then when we get that bill that we don't have money to pay. Life don't change. No matter how much money you make, it's still the same problem. Your bills are bigger because you got a business or whatever you got. It's still the same. You still got more times than not, you'll have more month than you have money. So what am I going to believe? I'm going to believe I got more money than I got month. Because that's what I'm confessing, see? But as soon as it comes, that labor starts. Well, what you going to do about this one? That's the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it ain't going to work out this time. It just ain't going to come together this time. So he starts all that. Now, I got to make a quality decision of what I'm going to believe. Am I going to believe it ain't going to work out? Or am I going to believe the seed and great and precious promise? And we have that every day, all day, every day. And every decision you make, you have to make a choice on what you're going to believe about that situation. I have to make a choice every day what I'm going to believe about that situation. Right? And that determines where we can develop faith in the problem or we can develop faith in God to deliver us out of it. Is what we think the possibility is. And it takes some time, depending on the gravity of the issue, it takes some time, sometimes, for us to develop that into it can happen to me. Because the trauma or the setback or the slapping, I call them gut punches, or the gut punch in life is so strong that it startles us and it knocks us back and it takes us a little while to, to come around. But that's okay. That didn't surprise God. He still has that way, see. But we have to take time and make that and begin to broaden our horizons and realize what is a priority and what is not. Amen? I want to pray for a second. Father, we thank you for these people. We thank you for this opportunity to come together over your word, Father. Now I lift up each need here this morning, Father. You know who's in turmoil. You know who's got these things running in their minds, Father. You know what the situation is. And I'm thanking you in advance for giving them wisdom, for giving them direction, and giving them insight, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank y'all. Y'all have these announcements. Y'all have a good day. October um, announcements. Join us this Wednesday, October 26th from 6 a.m. to p.m. at Oak Bottom Foreign Venue for our Fall Festival. There, there will be a brief meeting for all volunteers immediately after service today in the, here in the main sanctuary. If you haven't signed up to bring some baked goods for our cakewalk, please do so today. There are sign-up sheets in both foyers. Please remember, baked goods must be dropped off at Oak Bottom by 1 p.m. this Wednesday. Or you can request that your items be picked up. Please see Angie Coker for more information. There will be three food trucks on site at Oak Bottom. Ricky Tacos, the Farmer's Daughter's Country Store, and Baked by Leslie. All kids will receive one free meal ticket. Adults and teens can purchase a combo plate starting at $8. Our blanket drives for veterans' homes in Brunich starts today and will continue through Sunday, November 6th. We need 17 twin or full-size blankets, not throws. Drop our locations in both foyers. If you would like to donate financially to, do, to this project, please mark blankets on your giving envelope. Thank you for all your help. It is great, greatly appreciated. Pastor's 2022 Camel Series will begin next Sunday, October 30th, and continue for three weeks. Make plans to attend these exciting services, and remember to wear your camo. 
Today is the last opportunity to receive 50% off all Charles, or Charles and Anit Count's book. This includes the bestseller, God's Cradle Power, Leather Edition. So be sure to stop by, our, by today and stock up on these great books. Our November calendars in both four years. Please be sure to get one today.